Our sermon text for today comes from the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, the first chapter, verses 3 through 14. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his, gracious, his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, that the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. This is the word of God for the people of God. Paul is writing in this passage to the church at Ephesus. He's writing to a group of believers to explain to them about God's grace and how they were chosen by God. Paul uses the term here predestined. And that's something that I've struggled with for most of my ministry. Most of my ministry, I thought I was Armenian which you probably have absolutely no idea what that means. That's the idea that we have free choice. And then Scott harassed me, got me to thinking about this whole idea of predestined, that we're chosen by God from before the beginning of time, and God knows, God chooses who is and who isn't going to be a Christian. That's called double predestination. Predestination is that God only chooses those who will be Christians. And I kind of wondered, how can you have, if God is choosing who is going to be a Christian, isn't he also choosing who isn't going to be a Christian? And so I've struggled with this whole idea. And I've come to the conclusion that it's neither one nor the other, but both. And so I will try and explain that today. 
Because that's what Paul says in this passage. This passage tells us that we are chosen by God. We're predestined by God to be his people. As Christians, God has known from before the beginning of time who will and who will not be a follower. And so that is predestination. God knowing ahead of time who is going to be a follower. So why do we do anything? Why do we go out and reach out to people? Why do we go out and do evangelism if God already knows and we can't affect anything anyway? And the answer is there's a requirement on our part. And that's what Paul says in this passage, that we choose to be followers of God. Though God knew ahead of time, though God predestined us, there is still a choice that we have to make. And then once we make that choice, then God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit and we begin the work that God has laid out before us. So I think it's a both and. We have a part. It's not like we don't have any choice in following God. It's not like we have all the choice. Because if you think about it, how do we even know that God exists, that God is out there, if God isn't reaching out to us in the first place? If God isn't seeking us because he knows that down the road we are going to be his followers. So part of what we do as a church, we don't know what God knows. So we reach out to everybody, knowing that there are people out there who are going to become followers of Jesus Christ. God already knows. That's why I say it's important if the Holy Spirit nudges you to do something, to talk to someone, to speak with someone, to send a card, to make a phone call, do it. Because that's how God works out his will in the church and in the life of the people of the church. God uses us to bring people to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Now, we can't save them. We can't change them. That's God's doing. That's what God does. Our job is to simply put before them what God has given us, what God has told us to do. And through the Holy Spirit, as we are followers of Jesus Christ, God opens up doors for us to be able to speak to people. God gives us opportunity to be active in people's lives. Now, as I said in First Church, I'm going to be doing a baptism today. And my understanding of this whole predestination and free choice, free will, is wrapped up in baptism. What I see baptism to be is not us choosing God, but God choosing us and then us recognizing that choice. And that's exactly what Paul is saying in this passage. That's exactly what Christianity is. It's God choosing us 
and sending his Holy Spirit to be at work in us and then us recognizing that and accepting it. Not because we're good enough, not because we go to church, because we go to Bible study, because we go to Sunday school. There is no reason that we're good enough to be accepted by God except for the very fact that God chooses to accept us. And that, to me, in itself is amazing. Why would God choose me? Did you ever think that, or am I the only one who thinks that way? Why would God choose me? It's certainly because I'm not perfect. Don't believe me? Talk to my son. Him and I are two peas in the same pod, and I'm glad we both have hard heads. Because we bang off of each other quite a bit. It's better now that he's gotten older and, and learned more. Or maybe that I've gotten older and mellowed some. I don't know. But we're not perfect people. None of us are. We all make mistakes. We all do things that go against the teachings of God. That's called sin. But God, in his love for us, in his desire to bring us into fellowship with him, has given us his grace. That means that he has, because of his love, taken our sins away. But we have to ask for that. That's our part in it. That's our free will part of it. But it's still God's doing. All we're doing is responding to what God's already done. What, how God has already been at work in us. John Wesley calls this provenient grace. It means that before we even knew who God was, God is at work in us and reaching out to us because God knows that we are his people. We just haven't realized it yet. That's the amazingness of God, that God knows each one of us. He knows how we think. He knows what we do, and he's reached out to us to make us his people. That doesn't mean we're better than the people who are not Christians. It doesn't mean we're better than those who don't go to church. It means that we live in God's grace and that we have been blessed. Those who are not currently Christians, those who don't go to church, who don't even understand who God is, we don't know if they will one day become a Christian. So we as the church reach out to all people, not just those who are like us, but all people, because we don't understand what God knows. We don't see people as God sees them. I wish we could. It would be amazing to be able to look out and see people as God sees them. As we get to know each other in our Christian walk, I think we learn more about how people are seen by God. 
But in our humanness, in our finiteness, we don't see people as God sees them. But one of the things we're to do is to strive to see people that way. To strive to see people as people who are touched by God's grace. Just as we have been touched by God's grace. Now there are people who say, well, if I'm predestined, then I can go ahead and do whatever I want because I'm going to be saved anyway. Go ahead and have at that thing. See if it works for you. I'm not willing to try that. I struggle with just making right decisions. If I choose to do things wrong all the time, I just don't see how that's going to work. And besides, how does that fit into what the Bible teaches us about God? Or people who say, well, if God knows everybody who's going to be saved, why do we bother with missionaries? Why do we bother reaching out to people? God knows. He'll do the work. No, that's what God has called us to do. Because in reaching out to people, in touching people's lives, not only are they blessed, but we're blessed. We're blessed because we get to see God changing lives. And that is an amazing thing to see. To see somebody who spent their, most of their life or part of their life going the wrong direction and making wrong choices and to see them change. That is one of the greatest gifts that God gives us. We get to watch God's grace in action because we are followers of Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul tells us in this passage that we are sons. And that's not male or female. Son means that we have full inheritance of all that God offers. Through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we have access to the power of God. We have access to the wisdom of God. We have access to the knowledge of God. And in some ways, we have access to what God is doing when he uses us and works in us to help people change their lives. So when God is nudging you to do something, he's giving you the opportunity to experience his grace. To see his grace at work in other people. To see lives changed. To see God at work. And one of the greatest things that we as Christians get to see is God at work. In the little ways, God works in lives and in big ways. In God doing wonderful healing in people's lives, but also in God working to guide people to make good decisions and seeing people grow in their faith because that's part of what we're called to do as Christians, as to help one another to grow in our faith. Now, I've decided I'm not going to get hung up on the words predestination and free will. I've decided that I'm going to say God's in charge and that's good enough for me. 
However God wants to do it, however God does it, that's fine. I'm going to go by what he tells me in this book. I'm going to live or strive to live by his commands. And when I make mistakes, I'm going to ask for forgiveness. And I'm going to hope that I get to see God's grace at work because it's an amazing thing to see God at work in others, but also in us. We say in baptism that God has begun his work. And when I baptize a child, I tell the congregation, it's your job to ensure that this child comes to know Jesus Christ. Because it's amazing to sit as a Sunday school teacher and watch a child learn of God and grow in their faith. That's one of the gifts that we've been given. We are God's people, chosen by God from the beginning of time, gifted with God's grace who have chosen to accept that gift. That's who we are. We are God's people. If you haven't accepted God's gift of grace, it's easy to do. All you have to do is say, God, I need I've messed up, I've run away, I've done all of the things I shouldn't have done, but I know you're looking for me, and I'm here, and I want to follow you. It's that simple. Say it in your own words. There's no words that are magic. It's attitude and desire to serve God. Maybe you've been a Christian for many, many years, and it's gotten stale, and you feel like, you know, you're just not alive. Remember God's grace and ask God to be at work anew in you because there is nothing in this book that I can find that says, as Christians, we get to retire. Now, we can retire from our jobs, but we can't retire from God. We're called to always be at work, always seeking God and showing others the God that we know, that they too may see God's grace in their lives. Amen.